Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I Can Steal That, the true crime podcast that's never too heavy. I'm your host, Pete Stegmeier. This is episode 40. We are over the hill, so I'm very excited. Thank you guys so much for 40 episodes, plus a couple bonus episodes that don't really count. Uh, but 40, thats I feel like that's a milestone. This is exciting. Two and a half months, and we'll hit 50, and I'll, I'll do something real special for that one. Uh, I actually, a couple of you, before before we get started, a couple of you sent in uh, one of the most fun heists that I've ever seen. Uh, somebody in the Florida Keys actually stole a tiki bar. Like, there's a boat. It was like a pontoon boat slash tiki bar, and somebody stole that, and they had to, like, go get that from the Coast Guard. Uh, like, the Coast Guard had to go track down this, like, bar that people were just, like, partying and, like, trying to, like, international waters and become pirates on. And... I think that's a fun heist. So thank you. I think three of you guys sent that in. So that was really fun. I'm I'm excited about today's heist though. Like today is a super cool topic and we have an incredible guest to discuss that with. She is a hilarious comic. She's done the Boston comedy festival and is the host of the amazing who among us podcast, Kristen Seltman. How's it going? Hi, happy to be here. Good. Happy to have you. This is exciting. This has been uh, a long time in the making. I know. I love talking about stuff like this and listening to stuff like this. Um, so I'm excited I'm actually here. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I and I was like happy like when a lot of times like when I ask people to to be a, a guest on the podcast, like they don't really know like I'll I'll tell them what the show's about. Mm-hmm. Uh and some like some of them listen to it. But a lot of times they're just like, yeah, okay. But like, I love when like you and like Tracy Carnazzo, like, what do you have? Like a request, like that always makes me happy. <laughs> like you wanted money laundering. So I'm like, this is going to be a great episode. Yeah. Well, I, I work in, in compliance, so I do a lot of AML stuff. Right. So I love, um, I like hearing about like money laundering scams and stuff like that. It's just, uh, it's, I don't know. It's fun. It's funny. It it is. It's it's interesting. And I I tried originally to do the Magitsky uh money laundering scam. Uh but after like starting the research on that, that is a that is a whole can of worms. And <laughs> like I I just didn't think that I'd be able to do enough research in that to like make it accurate and also good uh within the time period. Like I think that one's gonna take me a couple months, but I promise we will do an episode on that because it's fascinating. Uh, And you've got, you've got first crack at that one as well. So today we're going to be talking about a different kind of um, money laundering and it's Iceland's biggest Bitcoin heist. (laughs) And you might be like wondering like why that has to do with money laundering, but Bitcoin and pretty much every cryptocurrency is a extremely common and popular method for money laundering now. Uh, right. A lot of times it's called like coin laundering. Because they don't go through banks. So they don't have um, a compliance department. And like whenever there's a wire transfer, right, or you deposit large amounts of cash or what have you, there's a whole team doing AML checks on you and filing CTRs and filing SARS and things like that. And that's the bank's responsibility. Bitcoin doesn't have that exactly exactly it's completely decentralized so there's no there's no real regulation the only the only things that like bitcoin has to answer to is math (laughs) 
uh oh. <laughs> and, and so there is like there is like a, a universal like truth to that, uh, which makes it um, which makes it like pretty you know dependable and stable and things like that. It's not it's not like somebody is just a hundred percent making things up. But Bitcoin is also like there's there's rules, but it's also like a very weird and exotic kind of like cryptocurrency. Mm. And a lot of times, because you can buy Bitcoin, like Bitcoins are, I guess if we're just going to break this down, like very simple, like a Bitcoin, like one Bitcoin would be like $1, right? Okay. Uh, It's like the standard unit of currency, but the value of a Bitcoin fluctuates wildly. So, you know, 10 years ago or so um, when they first came out, like sometimes you would have a couple thousand Bitcoins to a dollar, but as interest grew and as more Bitcoins became available, the value rose because people like people started to see it as an investment thing. So kind of like stocks, the, the value of a Bitcoin is derived from the perceived value of a Bitcoin. And so right. when you have a lot, lot of supply and demand, exactly, exactly. And so like where a dollar is a dollar is a dollar, uh, a Bitcoin today could be worth, you know, $5,000 per coin. And then tomorrow it could be $25,000 per coin if everybody starts buying them. Okay. And so it's actually like when Bitcoin first came out, uh, the first purchase ever made with a Bitcoin, uh, somebody at like a college was able to convince uh they ordered a Domino's pizza using Bitcoin and they just like called the pizza place and we'll we'll give you a thousand Bitcoins. Uh, And like Domino's like the dude had nothing better to do. And he's like, yeah, okay. Uh, So that pizza like today is worth millions of dollars. Wow. So Domino's was just like, I guess. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Like it was probably just like some, some like 15 year old kid who was like making pizzas is like, yeah, sure. And just like took 15 bucks out of his own pocket to like buy the pizza. And then he had like a thousand Bitcoins put into his wallet, uh, like his Bitcoin wallet, which is uh, a Bitcoin wallet is like a regular wallet, except it's all digital. And you have what's called a hash to, uh, to like protect it. And that, that hash is basically a mathematical, uh, a mathematical uh, assignment for a password. So if if your password is password, uh, then those letters like P-A-S-S-W-R-D, those get like a numerical value and then they're multiplied by a number for encryption. And this is like very basic. Uh, like I, I work in computer science, so this is not 100% accurate, but for all intents and purposes, this is how encryption works. And so you multiply it by a really big number. And then basically the only way, um, the only way, like if you see that really big number, like if I hack into your computer and I take that encrypted file, my my computer doesn't know what to do with that because it just sees a huge number unless I can divide it by, uh, divide it by a key that's going to, you know, put that into like random, into like readable text, Right. Oh, wow. So this sounds like it's more secure than like most things. Like it's, it's, this sounds really secure to me. Yeah. And it, it it definitely can be. And there's like, you could have stronger encryption. Like, so a lot of times you'll have like a, a 256 bit key is kind of the standard now. Um, like back in the day, they used to be eight bits, which is just eight pieces of information. And now like there's, 
uh, encryption method uh, methodologies that you know are thousands of thousands of characters, and so these numbers are are enormous. Uh, you know, you could have it's it's really interesting to um, to kind of get into, but that's that's basically how encryption works. Is um, it's like a math problem, and unless you know the because there's such huge prime numbers, unless you know the password value and the encryption value to multiply together, you're not going to be able to, to pull it apart. Oh, wow. Okay. So how did this guy, how, so then how do the heist happen? Now I'm interested. Okay. Awesome. So we'll get into that in just a second. Um, because like Bitcoin works on a very similar principle. Um, it works on what's called the blockchain and the block, the blockchain is basically, it's, it's a ledger of every single transaction. So, if I paid you a Bitcoin for, for something like for legal services, I, I gave you one Bitcoin. Um, I can't just like slide that to you under the table uh, with Bitcoin, that money going from my wallet to your wallet, that factors in to the math problems um, that, that basically make up the blockchain. Um, and so that transaction ID is one of the numbers that basically gets multiplied into this so that everybody has a copy of the ledger for everybody in the world. So there's not a single Bitcoin transaction that you can't like see and mathematically prove happened. Okay. So there is a, there's a electronic paper trail for every, for all of it. Yes. There's an electronic paper trail for all of it, but it's still anonymous. And I know that sounds confusing, but basically you could, like you can't prove that I paid you, but you could certainly prove that party A provided $600 to party B. And you don't know who those people are because there's not like names involved. It's just encrypted Bitcoin wallet numbers. So that's the money laundering risk because if you don't know who the people are, you don't know they could be like on like the OFAC list. They could be. So that's, that's the risk. Exactly. So there's that. And then there's also what's called coin laundering, which is where, because there's, there's a bunch of like Bitcoin isn't the only game in town. There's like Litecoin and Ethereum and Dogecoin, which is like a weird internet meme dog based uh, currency. Oh, wow. I've heard of Ethereum. My boyfriend told me about that one. And then I want this dog one. That sounds cool. Yeah, Dogecoin is Dogecoin is kind of nuts. Like they like people like took Dogecoin and like actually sponsored a NASCAR. And so there was just like <laughs> I, I it, it's real wild. What's it called? Doge Dogecoin? Yeah, Dogecoin. It's D-O-G-E coin. And it's a it's it's dog related. So I'm in. It is. It's like it's basically like if memes were money, it's, it's very weird. And <laughs> like the future, the future is going to be fun, but I hope we make it. I hope we make it to the, the dog Bitcoin error. <laughs> I, I hope so too. <laughs> but so basically like with coin laundering, like I could take, you know, a thousand Bitcoin and say that's worth a million dollars. I could I could go ahead and go to a coin exchange and exchange that million dollars in Bitcoin for a million dollars in Ethereum or whatever coin I wanted. And basically at that point, I've wiped my hands and then I could sell the Ethereum right back, buy new Bitcoin and it's brand new money. So, okay. So the, the laundering part, because like in, 
in money laundering, right? There's a lot, there's different like parts of it. So there's like layering and then you like, so like, for example, you, you have money, you've got all this cash that you've stolen, say from a bank and then you're laundering it, you're cleaning it. So you do a different things like some there's, and there's different risks for it. Like some people like will pay off a loan. Right. And that's a way of money laundering. You paid off a loan, you put that dirty money into the loan and now you've got extra money, um, whatever, you know, you've got in it that way, or they will, uh, invested or they will, they're doing all different ways to kind of like reintegrate it back into the clean. So with the, with Bitcoin, all you have to do is change kind of currency. You just have to trade your Bitcoin into a different kind of crypto. Exactly. And that's, so it's, there's only one step where in other, in, in, in the other traditional way, there's like several steps. Exactly. It's kind of like, you don't have to do like structuring and stuff like that. Um, like, yeah. you know, when, uh, it's kind of like when you go to a casino and you buy a bunch of chips and you you give them you know five hundred dollars and then they hand you five black chips that are worth right. you know a hundred dollars and then when you go to the cage to cash out they give you five hundred dollars back but it's not the same five hundred that you put in because that's sitting in a lockbox. Right. Exactly. Okay. So it's just it's different currency, but it's the same value. Yeah. It's exactly it's different currency that has the same value, but because the value like goes up and down. Like a lot of times people sit on it for a bit. If, if one of the coins is like starting to rise, then they, you know, they're making money uh, until like it hits a high point and then they sell it. So it's, it's a very volatile, um, very volatile form of money laundering, but mm-hmm. you're also like, if you do it well, you're able to maintain almost, almost a hundred percent, sometimes more of, of the money that you're laundering. Whereas like traditionally money laundering, you're going to take, like I think a thirty percent loss is like yeah you like take good. you take a hit because when you're integrating it you're in it like if you're using like a loan you're getting interest right and so that's happening or, or whatever so yeah you're gonna take a hit of like one third I think usually yeah it's typically typically around that and whereas with Bitcoin like a lot of times if the market's doing well like when you launder that money you make more money like you launder a hundred bucks you end up with one hundred and fifty oh wow so and not only are you not only are you getting the money cleaned, you're getting additional money. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, that's your mileage may vary, um, but that's that is a po- possibility because of how dynamic the the cryptocurrency market is. Yeah, so this explains why banks are afraid of it. <laughs> yeah, it's that's definitely like one of the one of the biggest reasons, and also because like Bitcoin is. There's there's only a certain number of bitcoins that can ever exist. Oh um, wow! So, so that's the supply and demand of it. Is that they're okay? Like wow. Right. So um, the guy that the guy that invented Bitcoin is who may or may not be a real person. Uh, it's because Bitcoin was invented by this this guy named Satoshi, um, but that that's almost certainly an alias for either one person or a group of people. Wow. And I realize that that sounds like very complex, but basically the way that the Bitcoin blockchain works is there's only, there's a finite number of coins that can be, that can be mined. And the way that these coins get mined is like, instead of like, you know, with gold, you dig it out of the ground for Bitcoin to, to like make a Bitcoin, uh, you have to solve incredibly complex math problems. And it's, it's less, it's actually like they're so complex that it's kind of less like um, 
kind of less doing arithmetic than it is guessing random numbers. So remember when I told you like how encryption works Mm -hmm. and you have to figure out what these two huge prime numbers are that got this other enormous number. Right. Bitcoin computers basically do that, but they randomly guess these numbers. And then eventually like when one sticks and like when one hits and they're like, okay, you solved, you solve this, uh, like a Bitcoin is created. And then people like, and you get like, you don't get like a whole Bitcoin for that, but you get like a portion of that based on, because everybody in the world is trying to solve this math problem as far as like every Bitcoin miner, like they're, they're constantly doing computing to, to further the blockchain. And so whenever a new, ch- uh, whenever a new block is created, the, like based on your computing power, like the value of that Bitcoin is split up. So if you did 80% of the, the computing power for that blockchain, mm-hmm. you're going to get you know, 80% of a Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then like this allows Bitcoins to be mined. Like there's dedicated mines, which we'll get into. But then like you could also, at least at least in the past, uh, like if you had like a graphics, like a good graphics card on your computer, you could just have it running Bitcoin calculations in the background, like constantly. And then you would just basically be making a little bit of money every single time. But the problem is that those, those like math problems get increasingly more complex. And so it causes a lot of electrical drain and a, like it, they run very hot. So it's like oh, very wow. resource intensive. So now if you wanted to get into Bitcoin uh, like, and you just like, you're like, oh, I'm going to mine Bitcoin on my laptop. You're not going to make any money because your electrical bills are going to be way higher than the amount of money that you'd be making. But can it regular like can a regular laptop even do this, or do you have to have like a special something to be able to like run these algorithms without overheating and shutting down and stuff? So, I mean, technically, a, a regular laptop could do it, but it's going to be extremely slow. Like, you're not really gonna you're not really contributing uh, to like the computing problem. Like, you're you're like the guy at the orchestra with like the tambourine, and you're just like <laughs> you're happy to be there. But like they don't care if I leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're not you're not really helping the group project. Right. <laughs> and so there's like there's like graphics cards that you can get um, that that are capable of you know really fast computations. So that'll help a little bit. But for the most part, if you want to make money mining Bitcoin, like you have to you have to use specialized bitcoin computers that only do math like you can't play solitary on them they don't have like a screen or anything like that they're just math nerds and that's that's all they do and they're they're called asics and they're about the size of like a loaf of bread wow and these computers are extremely expensive like you used to be able to like pick one up like 5 years ago for like 150 bucks yeah. uh but now if you can find one at all they're they're thousands of dollars. Okay. And typically one isn't going to be enough. So you you have to like get a bunch of them together to build your own version of a supercomputer to to mine these bitcoins. All right. So I think I'm not going to mine bitcoin. It sounds too much. It sounds it, like it is too much. Like you could like <laughs> definitely look into like buying them, but like mining them at this point, uh it's it's too late in the game. Yeah, not the hobby for me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Cause like, you're not even like really doing math. You're just like clicking a button and then it's running the calculations that it needs. So it's, it's very hands-off as well. 
Yeah, it sounds like kind of boring and expensive. A little bit. But it's also it's it's also cool and exciting, but yeah, not a not a fun hobby. <laughs> so let okay, so like now that we have a, like a good understanding of what Bitcoin is and like how it's harvested or how it's mined, uh let's talk about Iceland, for example, because like Iceland is like maybe the most ideal spot on the planet for mining bitcoins. And there's a couple reasons for that. Um, because like we mentioned with these computers, like with Bitcoin, like you need vast amounts of electricity and these computers run extremely hot. So Iceland, like they have a ton of like very, very cheap electricity due to like, cause they get, they get most of their power from like geothermal activity in the earth. Oh, okay. And yeah, so they can they can make energy for like pretty cheap. And it's also it's really cold there. It's in the Arctic Circle. And so like they can basically like have warehouses with like windows open so that these computers aren't overheating and they can perform like as efficiently as possible for as long as possible. Right. Oh wow. Okay, so it's like just like the environment makes it ideal. Yeah, the environment makes it ideal, but also like there's there's social things because uh, do you remember in like 2008 when the financial crisis happened? Like yes. Iceland almost went bankrupt. Like they their economy was in shambles. Like it was so bad that they actually arrested bankers, which is unheard of like anywhere else in the world. Yeah, it, you have to be like Bernie Madoff to get arrested in America. For, 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 yeah. like. That's, and Bernie Madoff, like, let's be clear, only got arrested because he hurt rich people. Oh, right, because they all they all got together and they were like, something must be done. Yeah, like you can you can have a pyramid scheme and or like a Ponzi scheme, and you're not going to go to jail. Like, there's there's a bunch of those, and we we've covered like some of them, like LuLaRoe, like, but because that's like only affecting like. Like typically, like middle class and below, like Dude, they don't. Care. Everyone, everyone, like has like five like friends from high school that are like actively pushing pyramid schemes on them at any given time, right? And oh, they're like, absolutely. Uh, like there's um, Stella and Dot. I had a friend who was in that one for a little while. Pyramid scheme. My stepmother does Arbon pyramid scheme, but Ooh. like they don't. Yeah, there. It's a. It, my stepmother's like, yeah, I want to get a white Mercedes. <laughs> okay. Because I guess if you meet some level of Airbon, like you get a white Mercedes. I don't really. That's pretty it. cool. It's yeah, like a but it's Cadillac from Mary Kay. Exactly, exactly. She has like a vision board. I mean, there's so many pyramid schemes. Um, I mean, like it's it's yeah. So it, it's hard to get arrested for the for those things. <laughs> it it really is, and so like the Iceland situation was really bad because like at the time, like the Iceland, uh, the Icelandic banks were like leveraging, like they were just buying all sorts of like weird debt because there wasn't the regulations. And so they lost more, like they actually lost more money than they had. Oh shit. Um, And yeah. And so the bankers like went to jail for that. And as a result, it made Icelander, uh, Icelandic people like a very skeptical of banks uh, so like they have like this culture where like Bitcoin is more acceptable to them. Yeah, of course, because uh, they haven't been screwed over by Bitcoin yet. Exactly. And also like there's there's like the fact that they, they needed a new industry. Um, and so like 
right now there's like some like marijuana uh, industry, like people are growing a bunch of like crazy weed up in Iceland and stuff like that, because that's, that's like a new, because it's a volcano. Like you can't really farm. Uh, That's why like a cheeseburger is like $60 in Iceland. Cause there's there's not like farmland and stuff like that. So they have to, like they have to take advantage of the resources that they have. And Bitcoin provided them a way to make a lot of money uh, using, you know, cheap electricity and cold air. And it, it like, it really is a perfect symbiotic relationship. Right. And also Iceland has like no crime. So everyone's like, okay, like we have like, you know, one guy that's like a petty thief, but like, we're not like the police killed one person in like the past five years. And there was like, it was a national tragedy. Uh, there's just not crime. So it's like, it's a safe place to, to be doing this as well. Yeah. It's too cold to be out there doing crimes. <laughs> that, that is very true. <laughs> and so with that, like, let's get into the heists themselves. Okay. Okay. So on the night of December 5th, 2017, because this is all very recent because it's Bitcoin. Uh, a small team of thieves pulled up to the Algrim Consulting Data Center uh, in a town called Osbru in Iceland. And they started like searching because they they had heard that the Bitcoin mining was starting to take off. Like they um and so they like they knew that like some data centers were starting to to take advantage of this, and all of a sudden they see uh they see a building with its windows wide open, which like was weird considering it was December in Iceland. Right. And that like that was what they were looking for. Right, because so, that's how you know. Yeah, that's kind of how you know. And they're like, okay, well this is clearly like where the Bitcoin mine is. So uh because it's Iceland and they they don't really have any um any crime, like there was actually a ladder nearby the building. <laughs> and so they're just like, okay, well this is this is aside from the universe. And they like climb the ladder, uh, go into the building and they end up stealing 104 Bitcoin computers. Uh, these little, little like loaf of bread or like, it's like two cartons of cigarettes, like stacked on top of each other. Um, and so they steal 104 of those plus like graphics cards, uh, that other computers could use to, uh, to do the calculations. Okay. And once everything was loaded up, can I ask a quick question? For, totally. um, okay, sorry. So back, just a very quick Bitcoin question. Because when I was Googling this, you, I see like pictures of Bitcoins. Now, are there ta- are there ever tangible Bitcoins, like those little gold coins with the B that I saw? Or is there, that just like the symbol used? That's just kind of the symbol used. There's okay. there's actually no... Yeah, there, like the only way that like Bitcoins exist physically is in Bitcoin wallets. And so there are digitized... Bitcoin wallets on like USB sticks that have like okay. special encryption and you can, you can use those to, to kind of like safely and quickly move your money around. But that's, that's the closest that uh, there is to like a real tangible item. Okay. Okay. So that's just a, a picture symbol that they're using for people to visualize it, but it's not, it's not like gold, gold coins anywhere that you can just take. Correct. Okay. Sorry. I just had a question. Okay. Sorry. Back to the heist. Sorry. Oh yeah. No worries. No worries. That was a great question. And so, yeah, they, they load up 104 Bitcoin computers, uh, plus graphics cards, things like that. And then they drive off. Um, and like, 
over a hundred ASICs is like a good start for a mine. Like that's a lot of that's a lot of computing power. Okay. Uh, but but these thieves were just getting started. Um, because they they wanted to make like a like a proper mine. Like they wanted as many computers as they possibly could. So this is like a good dry run. And then a couple a couple days later, one of the thieves uh, had a friend who works as an electrician, uh, and his friend calls him up and says, "Hey." Uh, there's a data center over here uh, that just requested like a massive jump uh, for like their electrical allowance every month. Mm. And, and like really the only, the only thing that like would warrant that level of electricity, like increase is Bitcoin. Right. And so he's like, okay, well the, these guys are definitely mining Bitcoin. And so his friend like tells him where this is and they decide to act. So a couple days later on December 15th, so just 10 days after the first after the first heist, uh two guy or yeah, two guys drive up in a van and they pull up to a warehouse in the middle of nowhere on the west coast of Iceland. It's about an hour north of Reykjavik, uh called Borjarn. And this is like a three-story, like uh, this this facility is like a three-story data center. Uh, so just rows and rows and rows of servers. And uh, this belonged to a tech firm called AVK. And as they like, kind of break into the building, which is very minimally secured because it's Iceland and who steals in Iceland? <laughs> uh, they find like the, the tip was so fresh that the computers weren't even hooked up yet. Like wow. they, they found them. It was like 28 uh, computers, not a huge haul, but I mean, that's, that's still like, I mean, that's like stealing 28, like money printing presses. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And the hardware is like very expensive. Like the um, like 28, like, I mean, that's quarter million dollars in hardware Jeez. potentially. Um. And so they they load up the the van with like these twenty eight ASIC computers. This is uh, like nobody sees because there's no police. Like this is like this is hard. This is like think of the equivalent, right? If you're in New York City, like you look outside and someone's just like loading flat screens onto a van, and you're like, ah! <laughs> what's going on? Exactly. And and I'm actually glad you mentioned the, the police because like with this one, like there was like the town did have a police officer, but he stopped working at midnight. Like everybody knew that, like the town cop, like his shift was done at midnight, so they waited till two in the morning, and right, they just that's a crime when the police is asleep. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly it's not a crime if if the police aren't there, and <laughs> so they load it up and they want to get home the quickest way possible. So they actually uh, take a tunnel called the Whale Fort uh, Whale Fjord Tunnel, and okay. uh, it's basically like imagine like a Norwegian like Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. It's like okay. three miles long, and but there's like a toll booth, uh, and there's a security camera at the toll booth, which grabs a picture of the van. Uh oh. Yeah. So not not great luck for them. And yeah. the next day, uh, the next day, like the owner of the AVK da- data center uh, was this woman in Germany, and she logs into her computer to be like, okay, like how much how much money is this like sweet sweet bit my uh, Bitcoin mine gonna going to be making me, but she saw that everything, like, even though it said it was supposed to be hooked up that morning, like it wasn't giving her any results. So she's like, something's wrong. And they called the data center and they go there and the police uh, get called shortly after because they discovered the robbery. 
Right. Okay. And so the police, like they move pretty quickly. Uh, They pull up some CCTV footage uh, from the tunnel and also like they're able to match it with like a nearby hardware stores, security camera footage. And it shows like they're able to pretty clearly see that it's a, the same van and that it's two people in there that they have pretty clear pictures of. And when they run the plates for the van, uh, they discover that they had, the van had recently been purchased on like Iceland's eBay uh, by a guy <laughs> named uh, Matthias Carlson. Oh, eBay. And, yeah, it's it's pretty tale as old as time. It's like the appeal from the Capitol riots, like uh, sold like a, a podium from the Capitol building on eBay. <laughs> Yeah, it, pretty much. And so, like, this guy, like, buys the van on there. He uses it for crimes, like, immediately. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem like a good idea. Right. And so police very quickly after arrest Carlson uh, and a guy named Sindri Thor Stephenson. And they bring him in for questioning because Stephenson is the other guy. Like, he's the passenger in this van. And you know who and, he looks like from 90 Day Fiance? He looks kind of like Andre from Moldova. He does look like Andre from Moldova. Yeah, that's what I cuz you said he looked kind of like Jesse and I saw that but I I'm going with Andre from Moldova. I, I could see Andre pulling a Bitcoin heist. Like I think that's what got him kicked off the force in Moldova. Oh man, this we're running full circle. <laughs> could you imagine like Andre like trying to explain like Bitcoin mining to like Jen's family or to Lizzie's family. Lizzie's family. He would just be like, "You guys just don't understand." <laughs> yeah, it's very complex math, Jen. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. oh now math. I want that to happen. Women in math, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so yeah, they arrest him and because it's Iceland, like their jails are extremely nice. Like the police actually like made it a point, like during interviews to say, this is not an interrogation. Cause we don't do that shit in Iceland. Uh, <laughs> we're just questioning you. And they actually have like a questioning, like section of the jail. That's like, it's basically like very nicely furnished apartments. So there's like TV and stuff like that. Like you haven't been charged with the crime yet. So like, we're going to treat you like normal people, but we do have questions for you. And this questioning goes on for three days. Wow. And Carlson and Stefan said, like, Carlson's like, yeah, I bought the van. He's like, but owning a van is not a crime. And the police didn't, they didn't have anything else to, like, they didn't have any other evidence. And so they just kind of say, like, yeah, no, you got us there and let him go. (laughs) Good point. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. But the, uh, like, the fact that uh, Carlson had been arrested like that was bad or that he had been like pulled in for uh, questioning by the police. That was bad enough for him to lose his job. Oh, Uh, wow. And do you want to guess what his job was? Uh, Some kind of math thing. No, he is a dick, a daycare teacher. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, He gets fired from his daycare and he's like, well, I have like a family to support. So like, what are we going to do? And (laughs) Stephenson to his card is like, yeah, well, he's like, I got another job coming up. Uh, And he actually like Stephenson understood like pretty well the the struggle that um, 
that Carlson was going through because Stephenson was like a lifelong criminal. Like he, again, like if you're listening to the show, like he started his crimes at the age of six, uh, which seems to be like for most, like most prolific heisters, like the first thing that they steal is at the age of six. Like, I don't know why, like that just must be like the point in life where you, you decide like it's a life of crime for me. I think I stole something when I was a baby. I remember like being in a store with my mom or something and being in a car carriage and I like grabbed something like a candy bar, probably like something. And then like, just like grabbed it and kept it. And my mom made me like saw it and then brought me back and returned it. So she, and like, I would have been a criminal, but for that intervention. Yeah. Well, he didn't have that intervention. I've, I've also like, I'm, I was a fat kid. Like I, like remember like the Brock's candy, like, displays at the grocery store where you could just like get like a handful of root beer barrels and stuff like that. Like I would, <laughs> I did not know for like years that you had to pay for that. I just thought oh, you had to like weigh it and pay for it at the end. Right. Yeah. And it's like crazy expensive. Like I might've committed like grand theft in, in value of root beer barrels. <laughs> you just thought like, Oh, this is here. It's for everyone. <laughs> I, I did. I thought that's like what they used to like make the grocery store not suck for kids. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like being here, but the candy makes it okay. And I did not realize until like a long time after, like probably an embarrassingly long time that uh, I was basically stealing candy. Yeah. Uh-oh. I hope so, the police aren't listening. No, it's cool. I actually checked and it's a 30-year statute of limitations, so I just made it. <laughs> Rupee Browns have a specifically very long them and murder the longest statute of limitations. Rupee Barrels are bitcoins for old people from Wisconsin. <laughs> like that's that's how they show like value and love. And if they hate you, they give you the sugar-free ones and they don't tell you, and then like the sugar-free candy makes you shit your pants. It's oh it's, it's a fun game we play in Wisconsin. What a journey. It it is. <laughs> that's why you only watch those ones if the Packers are playing a bad team and you can get up. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to this. So, so okay. Stephenson had like a very extensive criminal record. Like he, he might've like, he might've been one of Iceland's like most prolific criminals before this, because he had over 200 charges for like petty theft and like various other crimes. And he was only 32 at the time. So he's stealing, but he's getting caught a lot. Yeah, he's not great at it. <laughs> but he but he persists. <laughs> he does. He's exactly. He's like me with like sports. I'm like, I don't like this or I'm not good at it, but I'm going to show up every day and I'm going to I'm going to try. And that's <laughs> that's how he treats crime. And eventually, <laughs> like he he kind of has like a come to Jesus moment. He's like, I need to get my life right. And so after getting out of jail, like he actually like he does try because also the Iceland jails are like, he's like, all there is to do in jail in Iceland is like do drugs and talk about crime. And he's like, and then you watch TV and he's like, it's honestly a great time, which is really funny. Um, <laughs> but he kind of realizes like, this is just going to be, he's like, these guys are going to be my roommates if, if I don't get my act together. And so he, he tries to go legit um, after he gets out and he tries to like grow weed. I love that that's going legit, right? It's like, <laughs> uh, but it, it gives him like a, an arrow. <laughs> uh, 
how and it, like keeps him like in connections because he had a, his best friend growing up who also at the age of six is like stealing stuff with him was this guy named uh half thor hilson uh but everybody called him hoffy the pink which Why? is I, I don't know like i assume yeah. that he had like a complexion similar to mine uh, <laughs> but, but he was like like half Thor, like half the pink was like this big muscular dude with like a beard and tattoos. Uh, so honestly goals, but right. that's awesome. Yeah. And so they're, they're like friends, like, and they're always like, he's like that friend that like, like, I don't know if their parents were good or not. I assume they were good because I just kind of assume that like in a country with so little crime, like most parents are doing a decent job in Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they're like they're kind of like the bad influence friends for each other, and okay. so that's that's like the relationship they have. And eventually, like he starts like trying to like grow weed, and he's like doing like bigger and bigger growing operations, but he's not really making like enough money to support because he he finds like a girlfriend and he wants to get married, and it's just like not enough to support his lifestyle. He's like, I tried to go legit. And it just like I needed more. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do that with, um, with like what I was trying. So he gets back into crime. Okay. And so, like, kind of knowing that struggle and like worrying about like feeding his family and stuff like that, he he tells Carlson, he's like, "Hey, uh, I've got another job coming up in a couple weeks, so I'll I'll get you a part on that, and it'll make us very rich for a very long time." Nice. Yeah. Kind of, kind of endearing, right? And it's nice that you know he's like doing it to support his family and stuff. Yeah, it's exactly. I mean, i I've had like like legit jobs that were, you know, unscrupulous. Like I, I joined the army to to support myself. I, I don't think that's better. Uh, <laughs> well, I also like that he. It's like you're, he's been doing crimes, so he's like living above his means, and then you can't go back. You know what yeah. I mean? You can't, you can't like then like be normal because you'll never be able to be as rich as you were if you're doing crimes. That's why people do crimes. Exactly. Exactly. And so a little while later, uh, within, and this is like less than a month later, uh, they, they come up with a, a plan like because they hear about another data center that's got a really big Bitcoin mine. So not only are they doing crime, they're doing the same crime. <laughs> yeah, they're doing the same crime because this is like – this is like something that they're like that they're pretty good at. Like as far as like they've, they've stolen Bitcoin computers twice at this point and they, they wanted to be able to, to make more uh, like more Bitcoins and things like that and make more money. So they wanted to get more computers to make a bigger supercomputer. Oh, okay. And so they find out that this, uh, the, there's another data center and this time it's at an abandoned U S Navy base. Outside of uh, Reykjavik. Okay. And this one, though, because it's a Navy, uh, because it's an old Navy base, and also because it's like a much bigger operation, like there's security guards involved. Right. And so Stephenson and Hoffy the Pink, like they it, do a little bit of what's up? Sorry, I just like his name. I can't have a giggle. Hoffy the Pink. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I, yeah. I would. I would write like a children's book about like, uh, <laughs> like a crime spree laden Viking or something like that. I, I yeah. can see that. And so they like, they kind of do a little bit of research and they discover that there's a security guard 
uh, by the name of Ivar Gilfelsen. And they decide this is going to be our inside man. And so they, they reach out to him and they're like, are you a security guard at uh, such and such data center? And he's like, I sure am. And then they hang up. <laughs> She's like, never, <laughs> like never good. <laughs> like nobody's <laughs> like, like that, that. Like I feel bad for that guy. Cause he's like, he's not sleeping that night. Right, um, you're like, Oh God, what's happening. But basically like, after after that, like they they find one of his his ex girlfriend's relatives, mm. and they they call this relative of his ex girlfriend and say like Hey, because she happened to owe money to Haffy the Pink because he was also a loan shark." Of course, <laughs> as, yeah, as of, one does, <laughs> as one does, and so basically she goes and like tells Ivar, uh, she's like, "Hey." Uh, so I'm kind of in deep to this loan shark. And if you have a sit down with them and like answer any questions they have about the data center, uh, they will allow me to pay back my loan without interest. And that would really help me like, you know, from a physical safety point. Right. And he's like, you're my ex's relative. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Almost word for word. he's like i will give them my ex-girlfriend's address as well and a list of her fears i don't (laughs) Um. (laughs) but uh like hoffy and stephenson like they persist Mm -hmm. and they they basically like they like drive up to him and they threaten him and eventually they scare him they intimidate him into taking two meetings with them uh, during which he provides all the answers that they have about like staffing and like patrol schedules and things like that. Yeah. Cause that's what you do when someone intimidates you, you agree to meet with them. You're like, listen, exactly. I'm really scared. Okay. I'll come over. Yeah. I mean, like I like to think that they met at like a Denny's. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, um, you guys got this coffee, right? Cause you forced me to be here. <laughs> this grand slam breakfast is on you. Right. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. I, I think that's the standard agreement. <laughs> and so basically, like, Ivar answers all these questions for uh, for Stephenson and Hoffy the Pink. And on the night of January 16th, 2018, so this is barely a month after the, uh, after the first heist, uh, it was time to act. And so Stephenson knew that that night there was only going to be one guard on duty. And he had, like, the list of his prescriptions patrol schedule and where he was expected to be at what point in time. And like, it's also like very important to point out that like, they didn't want to hurt any guards. Like they, they wanted the schedule so that they could kind of do like that Scooby-Doo thing where they like sneak past them, Uh, (laughs) but they didn't want to like, like there was not like intent to, to hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) so uh, by like a total stroke of dumb luck, the the guard, uh, he actually like just randomly falls sick with like intense stomach problems. Ooh, and they, they didn't do this. They didn't put like eye drops in his water or anything. This is just total coincidence. Yeah, this is just the universe saying like this Bitcoin heist is sweet. Let's help you out. Right, get that and, Bitcoin back. Yeah, so this this poor security guard like runs home like because <laughs> like. He has to like shit so badly. Just like this has to be at home. And, <laughs> I can't. I can't risk this at the at work. I'll be yeah, tired. He, exactly. 
like if I do this at work, it's worse than me allowing a theft. And <laughs> so he goes home and he like takes care of his like stomach issues. And then he's like exhausted. And she's like, I'm just going to take like a five minute nap. And he falls asleep for the rest of the night and just like stays home. Okay. This guy's fired. Yeah. That, that guy is not, uh, not employee of the month. and so at this point like um like hoffy the pink is in spain and so he's kind of directing everything via text message and (laughs) (laughs) pretty much and stephenson is like hey like you're not gonna believe this but like the guard just like drove off and it looked like he really had to shit and he's like let's let's go let's do this now and Yeah, and then there, like there was a second sign from God because like as they get there, they see a bunch of motion detectors, but the motion detectors weren't hooked up to the alarm. Like they just turned on a floodlight, okay. and so like after the floodlight went on, they like waited a second, and then they're like, "Oh, there's no alarms going off," and so they're like, "Okay, like that's just made it like now we get to like work in the light." Like, okay, this is helpful. <laughs> yeah, like they're just like they're just. Yeah, continually like Mr. Magooing their way into into this crime. <laughs> and so basically at this point, like they find they find a huge haul of, of Bitcoin computers. Cause after they get into the data center and now there's no security guards, they find another 225 mining computers. Whoa. Like, yeah, and like the potential for money is like incalculable, but like, even if they just sold the the computers themselves, half a million dollars in hardware easily. Wow. Oh, wait, this is a score. Yeah. It's a huge score. And so Stephenson like goes in he's got a scarf over his face and he texts Carlson, uh, who's in the van with his brother. And like, they drive up, like they get the signal, they drive up and they start loading all 225 of these computers into the van. After the van gets loaded up, they drive off, and the team had successfully pulled off the largest heist in Iceland's history. Nice. Yeah, and like police notice like the next day, like, and they're they're not happy. Um, and they immediately like their their first instinct is they go to the guard uh who had left, like abandoned his post for the night, and they're like, Oh, well, this is our inside man. And like they they pretty quickly realize they're like, no, this dude just like was really sick. And he was like, apparently still so sick that the police were like, this guy had nothing to do with it. He just had the worst possible luck. And so his, yeah, his stomach problems were so bad that they were like legally an alibi. <laughs> this guy's like, his appendix is about to burst. So like, okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the police are like, okay, this is just like, okay. And then they, they were able to figure out from there, like, they go through the, the list of the other security guards because they, they realize there's, there's no way that this is done without an inside man. And within two weeks, they, they figure out that it was uh, Giffelson who had been the inside man. And so they arrest him. And the brothers Carlson are also arrested within two weeks of the crime. Wow. Yeah. And they try to, like, they try to get down to, to Stephenson. Because they okay. realize, like, pretty quickly during the interrogation or during the questioning, uh, that Stephenson is involved. They're like, "Oh, the guy that we suspected three weeks ago of stealing Bitcoin computers." Like, right? He's still doing that same stuff. <laughs> yeah, could, could be our guy. Yeah, it might be this uh, guy. And so Stephenson actually, like, 
he he knew at this point that he had to go. And so he sold his house and was trying to move to Spain to be with his BFF, Hafi, uh, with his wife and kids. He's like, hey, guys, we're going to go live with Uncle Hafi. And his wife's just like, I really hate the relationship that you two have. Right. I think he's a bad influence on you. And the guy's yeah. like, no, 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 we just have to flee the country. <laughs> yeah, don't and, yeah, pretty much. It's, <laughs> it could be a buddy comedy, honestly. <laughs> and so he actually, like, uh, he gets, Stephenson gets arrested in front of his in-law's house in Reykjavik. Uh, and, oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. And police, like, like at the house, like, they found that he had, like, planned so like far ahead to like leave the country that all of his family stuff like was like neatly stacked on a pallet to be loaded into an airplane. Yeah. That's a, that, that, that's guilt, right? That's like, that's like OJ in the white Bronco <laughs> levels of like guilt. Yeah. But it's not like, it's not like he had like a, like a map of the data center, like still in his jeans pocket. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I, I misread that. He did have a map of the data center in his jean pocket still. Wow. So this guy like is like has time to fold clothes and get ready to get on a plane and flee the country, but he doesn't take out the map and get rid of it. Okay. Yeah. He he does not. Like I said, he loves crime, but he's bad at it. Yeah, he's pretty bad. <laughs> and they like they seize his iPhone and they have to like ship it off to Holland uh, to be able to unlock it. And then they like start running like his name and plates and stuff like that, and realize that he had rented a car uh, that was used and like seen near one of the other thefts as well. So like they they have him pretty dead to rights. Yeah. And Iceland at this point, like they really want to make an example of him because a this is the biggest heist in Iceland's history, but also they want to set a precedent because like. Iceland very much depended on the cryptocurrency like industry. Like that was like their new lifeblood. And so they really wanted to like send the message that Iceland was still a safe place to do business. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so basically like they start like searching all over the world. Like they're like, this might be an international operation. And eventually like they figure out that Hoffy the pink, like they, they're able to like read the encrypted, like WhatsApp messages and things like that. And Mm -hmm. But they're they're searching like like China. They they check like Russia and stuff like that, trying to see like who could who else could be in on this. And then they kind of just figure out that it was like these four guys. And Stephenson at this point is saying that uh, he's like, oh, I'm not the mastermind of this. He's like, I had a guy like call me up and like tell me to do this in exchange for fifteen percent of the take. And we're like, well, what was this guy's name? He's like, uh. Mr. X. Of course. Yeah. And they're like, that's a name that normal people have. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically he says that this, uh, that this, you know, Mr. X is the one that put everything up and they never find who this Mr. X is, if he existed at all. Yeah. I think he uh, didn't. Yeah. I'm very confident that he didn't exist. And I'll tell you why at the end. Okay. But like the next part of the story might be my favorite. Like it's Ooh. all very good, but Iceland has a law that it is not illegal to break out of prison. Honestly, like, loving Iceland. Iceland is the best. Like I know that they got a bad rap from like the mighty ducks movie, 
but they're really cool. And like, they, they basically say they're like, we're animals. They're like, you can't cage a bird without it. Like wanting to escape. Like we have like a natural entitlement to like freedom and like a desire to be free. So if you escape from jail, they can't charge you for that. So do they just like, do they try and bring you back for your original crimes or are they just like, eh, you've earned this. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, so they, they typically will try to bring you back for your original crime, uh, but, but they're not going to charge you. Like you don't get a, you don't get charged with the escape. All right. And so it's, it's not a bad, not a bad system. And so. So why not try and escape? You've literally got nothing to lose. Exactly. Exactly. And so uh, Stefan said, like, he manages to escape. Um, Yeah. He, he's able to actually like climb out of a window uh, from (laughs) the jail and he, he gets to the airport in Reykjavik and he actually like manages to get on a plane to Sweden. Uh, and he actually like he hitchhiked, by the way, like from the jail to the airport. And everyone's like, oh, like this, there's no way this guy's an ex-con. Like there's no way he right. came from the jail right behind this, him. Right. And this guy wearing jail pajamas uh, wants to go to the airport. Seems normal. <laughs> yeah. And well, so where, are your, where are your bags, sir? <laughs> But he actually like he's wearing normal clothes because like like they like Iceland prisons like encourage like individuality. They're like, okay, you're still a human being. Oh wow. So they have like a better like they like my high school had more of a dress code than Iceland jail. Cool. Yeah. And so they're like I mean, I, I think with the exception of like the worst offenders. Like the terrorist guy, I imagine, like doesn't get to wear like whatever he wants. But um <laughs> But Stephenson is able to like climb out of the window, hitchhike 65 miles to the airport, and he gets on a flight to Stockholm. And do you know who's a passenger on uh, the same? Like he's like two seats behind Stephenson. Bjork? It might have been Bjork. Uh, it was actually the prime minister of Iceland. Okay. So I've got like a few questions here. One, this: how do you get on a plane with like literally no ID? Um, and two, why isn't the prime minister, like, why is he flying commercial? (laughs) Well, they're actually, because like Sweden and Iceland don't have, like they, they allow inner travel. So you don't have to have like passports if you're coming from Iceland. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's just like going from like New York to New Jersey. Exactly. At this point, like a lot of the Scandinavia, like they, they do have like relationships like our States have. So, um, so he's able to get to, to Stockholm by basically just paying cash for a plane ticket. Wow. And, okay. and yeah, and I imagine that the prime minister is just like a reasonable, like Bernie flies, uh, flies commercial. Yeah, I know. But if Bernie were president, he'd fly an Air Force One. That's true. You know, he's not going to be like, no, I'll just take Delta. Yeah, that's that's actually very very fair. But this guy, like, he's he's cool. Like they arrest he's bankers. A man of the like, just, he's a man of the people. He's like, I'm fine with this. He's like, it's economy plus. So he's like, still still worthy of my standing. But like, I'm not gonna get like leg room. I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm not gonna get thrown out of a building for like fraud use or like fraud abuse. 
Oh, and so basically, like once Stefansson gets to Sweden, uh, he flees to Denmark. And then okay. from Denmark, he gets on a, a train to Germany. And then he rents a car like with cash and goes to Amsterdam. Oh, wow. Yeah. And in Amsterdam, he meets up with Hoffy the Pink and another guy named Victor the Cutie. Ooh, I want to see his pick. <laughs> I'm, his name is Victor Johansson. It's V-I-K-T-O-R, so a very harsh name. But they call him the cutie. And I don't know. I th- I think Stephenson is the cutie in this group. But I'm I'm open to being wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to find a picture of this guy. But anyway, I like Andre, so I, I'm, I'm probably going to be loyal to him as the that's, guy in the crew. That's fair. And so these guys, like, they get, they meet up at a bar, they get drunk, and they go in front of, like, a department store with, like, sunglasses and smiles, and they, like, take a picture together and hashtag it, Team Sindri. Dude, these guys are, are they, like, super ballsy or super stupid or both? They're idiots. Like, <laughs> but I think also they just don't care. And, like, they also, like, a lot of the, the crimes and stuff like that, like, they had a Facebook like private group where they were planning these heists, and the the name of the group was the Fellowship because they were Lord, Lord of the Rings nerds. Um. Oh my god. Yeah. And so, within two hours of taking this photo, putting it on Instagram, and hashtagging his own name as a fugitive, um, he. Uh, like he gets arrested by the Amsterdam police. He spends uh, just under three weeks in a Dutch prison and then gets extradited to Iceland to stand trial. Uh-oh. And so on December 5th of 2018, uh, they go into the, the courtroom and like they're covering, uh, they're covering their faces with scarves. Like Hoffy actually, uh, he's a fancy boy. So he uses like a Louis Vuitton scarf. Oh yeah. I saw the picture. This is in the, in the Vanity Fair one, right? Like he yeah. has a Louis Vuitton silk scarf. And that's one where he, the other guy does look a lot like Jesse in that picture. Yeah. And so Stephenson is the only one that like doesn't like hide his face. And I get it. And uh, so after like they confess to the burglaries, like they confess to two of them. And uh, Stephenson gets the stiffest sentence of, of everybody. Do you want to guess how much time he got for stealing approximately a million dollars in Bitcoin computers in Iceland though. So like two years. No, actually he got four and a half. Okay. Okay. Carlson confessed to uh, one of the earlier heists. And so he gets two and a half years. Uh, His brother, uh, these guys all have the best names. So uh, Carlson's brother is named Peter, but they call him Peter, the Polish. Uh, and because he was only involved in the last heist, uh, Peter the Polish gets 18 months. Okay. And Hoffy the Pink, Victor the Cutie, and the security guard, uh, they all get sentences ranging from 15 to 20 months. Man, the security guard. That sucks. That guy. Well, the inside, not the guy that like shit his pants. Like that guy was not charged with anything. Like they actually like made it a point to say like this guy was like only criminally unlucky. Like, like, Oh, the guy that they, but they threatened the other guy into meeting with them, but I guess they did call the police or something. (laughs) Not just like giving them a map. Yeah. Like he did. He also like ended up like being okay with it. Um, 
And so the burglars also had to pay, like they had to repay the police like $115,000 or so for legal costs of the investigation. Um, and all of them are appealing their convictions, except for Giffelson, who like is just like, yeah, they got me. And I think he's might be the only remorseful one. Oh. Um, but basically, until this appeal process is done, all of these guys like can't be jailed. So they're free until their appeals are resolved. Oh, wow. So it's not like here where you're in jail, like while you wait your appeal. If you're if you appeal, you get to just like chill. <laughs> yeah, because like basically. And so these guys are like still living free and like they might have to go to jail at some point. But Hoffy the Pink is like back in Spain. And like these guys are probably they're probably never getting caught. Uh, but that's all that happens. Like none of the computers are ever like they never find them. Oh, wow. So they're still like somewhere, right? Like they're still like, maybe they started a, a secret mining place. Like I don't, or they, I mean, I don't know. They sure did. <laughs> allegedly. Qu- finger quotes on, on allegedly. But yeah, basically um, like I read an interview with, with Stephenson and he's like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe the computers have been running the whole time. It's like, maybe I know oh. where they are. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't like, you can't prove oh, anything. So this guy's basically like they just somewhere in Iceland is a warehouse with, you know, 500 Bitcoin computers just going nuts right now. Probably more Bitcoin computers now. And it's just making money and like it, it can't be traced. It's they're just they got away with it. Even if he does four and a half years in jail, he got away with it. Um. I, one of the things that, because when you told me about this, I looked up a little bit, and one of the articles I found, the very last sentence is my favorite, favorite thing. The guy's like asking him, um, asking Stephenson, he's like, if you were Mr. X, like, how would you grade this heist? And he's like, it was a masterpiece. I mean, I just wish I had done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so bad at it. Oh, like, God, I love this guy. He's so funny. The whole crew is really good looking, though. I saw yeah, it's, the, the Amsterdam picture. Like, they're a good looking uh, crew. Honestly, like they have a career as a boy band anytime they want. <laughs> the fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Like the whole thing is amazing. So that is the story of the Icelandic Bitcoin heist. Very exciting. I want to like buy a Bitcoin now, like but from just these guys' computer. Yeah, I, I would like I would like to contact these guys and try to get a, a Bitcoin at some point. Like I would love, like as the podcast goes on, to like have like memorabilia from some of the crimes. Yeah, that would be cool. Or maybe you could have these guys as a guest. I would I would love that. I'm here for it. If you are an Icelandic Bitcoin thief, allegedly. Means, allegedly, reach out to the show. You could find us on all the social medias at I Can Steal That. Email us at I Can Steal That.com. We're on Patreon at I Can Steal That, where you can get your episodes ad free and early. And yeah, that's. That's basically it for our episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and sharing. If you do like the podcast, please subscribe, uh, click follow on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, wherever, wherever you're getting your, your podcast, it, it helps us immensely. And Kristen, if somebody wants to uh, check out your podcast, like what's the best, do you want to do like a quick elevator pitch and how people can get in touch with you? 
Sure. Yeah. Who Among Us podcast. Um, we are also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, we are on social media at Who Among Us and Who Among Us Pod. Um, and we it's a, a weekly podcast where we talk about um, absurd news stories that actually aren't that absurd um, and uh, we can relate to. So, yeah, if you want to check it out, we'd love to have you listen. Yeah, definitely do. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think I just listened to your sixth episode came out recently, right? Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's a good time. And the theme song is really fun. Yeah, um, Anthony Catford, local comedian, did their theme song. He's awesome. Nice. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much again for uh, for being a guest. Yeah, this was really fun. I learned about Bitcoin. Um, I just wanted to uh, Google if I could buy one, but I can't. They're like thousands of dollars. But Monday. Well, <laughs> Uh, that's actually like one of the cool things about Bitcoin is you can like, unlike, you know, how like if you want to buy a share of Amazon, like you have to spend, you know, what a, like 500 bucks or whatever for the whole share. Yeah. With Bitcoins, you can buy fractions. So you can just buy, you know, $100 in Bitcoin and you'll end up with like, I think now it's like 0.05% of a Bitcoin. Oh, you cool. can, I will buy a, fa- a fractional share of Bitcoin then. Yeah, so you can buy a fractional share, and then if that if that Bitcoin you know doubles in value, when you pull that, when you sell that, you get that double value. Awesome. Yeah. Conversely, like if if Bitcoin tanks, then you know you stand to to lose all of your investment. But it's yeah, you can buy like fractions of it, and so like when all these computers are um, trying to solve these Bitcoin equations. Uh, they they actually get like a prorated, they get a prorated amount of a Bitcoin anytime a new block is solved. Uh, so like if you contribute two percent of the computing power to it, you get two percent of that Bitcoin. Cool, good to know. Um, okay, I think I'll hop back on Coinbase later. All right, sounds good. All right, thank you. All right, thank you. That's that's been I can steal that. Thanks, guys. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode.